this time of the year is the year where people uh, elope, yes. right? They elope, and normally when they elope, I see a lot of uh, others that be doing the party planning, that be doing the the the, the, the arrangements. But I brought somebody in here who is actually and. I'm being, uh, and she's humble, but I'm going to be, I'm going to just brag for her. I think she's like the biggest <laughs> wedding, uh, what's the title? Wedding planner? Planner, right? Planner. Planner. She's wedding planner. planner. The biggest wedding planner. Event in, producer. Event producer. Yes. The biggest event producer in Texas. Everybody, i like you welcome to the show, Monique Wisdom. Thank you. Hey. Hi. You got hand claps. You can't hear it, but you got hand claps. Yeah. How you doing, Monique? You all right? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's a beautiful so day. Glad to be here. How you been? Good. Busy. Good. Busy. Hey, Busy. I, I know. I've been watching you. I've been Busy. watching your Instagram. You in in Dubai and in India and everywhere else doing weddings, man. I was like, geez, this girl then went from one day to the other. So look, yes. Let's get started because I want people to know your story, man. Okay. Because uh, I've been knowing you for let's see what since pandemic, right? Since the pandemic, COVID. Right 2020. COVID. Shout out yeah. to Rashad Cave. Yes, Rashad. <laughs> Made the introduction. <laughs> Much love. Yes. One day gonna be our mayor in Houston, but you know. That's right. Yeah. We're claiming so, it. That's right. So, but no, uh, Monique. So this, let us get started. So, where did you start your journey? And first of all, let the people know who you are. First of all, before we get into so, that. So, <laughs> yes. Who am I? My name is Monique Wisdom. I am the owner of Wise Events and Designs here in Houston, Texas. We are a global wedding planning firm, so we travel near and afar. Uh, we have weddings here in Houston. This is our home base, but we also have been in Philadelphia. We've been in Mexico. We've been in Vegas. We've been all over. So. We do a little bit of everything in the wedding industry, lots of weddings. 90% of our business is weddings, and then the other 10%, we do a lot of nonprofits, corporate events, and things like that. But we absolutely love weddings. That's wonderful. I'm going to give you a hand shot for that, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and look, she's being humble, but we're going to go to the Instagram later, but you got to look at these weddings she done did. She got angels coming out the ceiling. <laughs> She got people coming, swans and flying. And I was like, oh, right. Now you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so let's talk about the journey. How the did journey. you even How did you even get into this field? You know, um, it started actually from my childhood. So I um, grew up in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. My mother, she was 33 when she passed. And one of the wishes that she had before she passed was to get married. Okay. And she did just that. Like, she got married. She had a wedding. I was her flower girl. My brother was the ring bearer. And we grew up in a Catholic home. And in the Catholic home, we got to meet Mother Teresa and the Pope. But also, it was a different experience. Like, I didn't have the same childhood as you did. I grew up in a basically a home where it was a bunch of nuns, we were Catholic, we went to Catholic church every week, we didn't have, we didn't get to watch TV, it was it's just a whole different setting. Mm. And so um, all I grew up around was women that were dying. And um, one of her wishes, like I said, was to get married before she passed, and that's exactly what she did. So that was left in my heart at a very young age. And at the age of 10, she passed, and I thought, my life was over like I didn't have a mother I mean growing up without a mother was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to deal with and face 
Um, but we, thankfully, we were so grateful that um, my parents now basically raised us and took us in custody and we moved to Texas and the rest is history. So that's how it kind of started. Okay. And then fast forward to um, 2018, um, we, my husband and I, who met in high school, uh, we're high school sweethearts. We got married and we bought a house, did everything that you're supposed to do. Hurricane Harvey happened. 2017. 17. 17. Yes. Yeah. And Harvey happened and we were in Barcelona, Spain, and um, we got a call from our neighbor that our house had flooded. And I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? My dad had checked on the house that morning. He went, he's nothing there. It was just water. It was just rain. So we thought it was nothing. But that next morning, we got a call from our neighbor that our house had been underwater for about seven feet. Wow. Okay. So we couldn't get back to Houston. We traveled. We went from Spain. We went, actually flew back to Dallas. From Dallas, we had to rent a car in Fort Worth. And from Fort Worth, we had to drive down 99, back up 10 to get to our house. By the time we got to our house, we entered the neighborhood. We had to take a boat. And that boat took us to the house, and it was still about five feet of water at that point. They had released the levee. All the water got into our house. Literally, we had furnished the house back in December, and in August, we lost everything. Mm -hmm. And so we finally decided to go back after the water had receded, walked in the house. The first thing I saw was a cross that said, bless. And then something told me to go check the room, the bedroom, and open the drawer. And I opened the drawer. It was my mother's wedding ring. Mm, wow. And that's kind of what started the journey of Wise Event. Oh, wow. You know, that's a book. <laughs> that's a book, right? For real. That is a book. I didn't know that. That is a book. And what's really crazy was my adoptive mom, she um, was has always been there for me, but Fast forward, Harvey happened, we rebuilt, and um, that December we had a Christmas party, which I think you were there. Yeah, I was there. And she told me, she said, Monique, you need to do events. This is what you do. You love putting together events. You love bringing together people. Mm -hmm. You love servicing people. That's what you love. So why don't you do that? And I was like, mm, events? Ah, that's meh. No. But when I saw my mother's wedding ring, it was confirmation that it was something that I was supposed to be doing. Wow. So let's let, hold us back up because you, you just you, you hit us with a lot of stuff. <laughs> all right. So first, you were supposed to be a nun. I was supposed to be a nun. You were supposed to be a nun growing <laughs> up. That was first thing. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not, that's not common for a black person. That's not common at all. Right. Being a nun. And then you also, Harvey, of course, it devastated Houston. Everything. 80% of Houston through floods. But you said when the first thing you saw when you walked in the house was a cross and your mother's wedding ring. Yes. So that was like oh, that a was, super sign, right? That was a super sign. And it was almost like I had experienced death all over again, right? Those were childhood traumas that I had dealt with at a very early age. I mean, I was 10 years old when I lost my mother and I thought my life was over. Mm -hmm. I had to repeat the fourth grade. Like, I was lost. And so when Harvey happened and all of that went came about I was like oh my god this is like reliving my mother's death and so I had to rebuild everything with nothing and I didn't know how to do that because we had just bought a house this was our first home and um, we had some issues with our insurance where at one point the insurance lapsed because the insurance too many people provider provided the wrong elevation to the home mm. 
And so basically because the information was wrong, it didn't go through underwriting, they didn't approve it, and our coverage lapsed, and we only had 30000 to rebuild. Wow. So we had nothing. Nothing, right. So what do you do when you're in a situation like that? Well, what I would do, I can't tell you on camera what I would do, but... <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. Down. I yes. got down on my knees and I was like, okay, Lord, why did you put me through this? Like, there's a reason for all of this. And, you know, I thought we had a beautiful home. Everything was just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you've been, you've seen it. Right. And um, we were just like, okay, we, we're here for a reason. And so we started the rebuild process. Um, I was praying. I was telling everybody, my church, everybody, like what was happening. Because I just didn't know how I was going to rebuild. And right. one day... I had this dream, and the dream was that I had a hundred thousand dollars sitting in my bank account. Okay. And I was like, okay, just Lord, this is not real. Just, just like a, a hundred, random hundred thousand. Not a hundred thousand and one. Not ninety nine point nine. A hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Flat. So my husband and I were driving one day down I ten, headed home, and we were going to rebuild the house. We were meeting with the contractor at the time, and Bobby goes. Monique, you would not believe this. We have $100,000 sitting in our bank account. How? I said, what? Is this real? How? Am I living in a dream hey, or what? The IRS is listening now. <laughs> Don't tell everything now. I want you to incriminate yourself now. It look. was tax-free money. Okay. All right. I got you. Okay. But at the time, I, the company <laughs> that I was working for, they were basically helping everybody that had struggled from Harvey, didn't have money to rebuild, and basically they – set up a GoFundMe, and that's how we got the money. Wow, and you so I didn't know nothing did. about it? No, nothing about it. Wow. You I knew nothing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, so that so you had, hold up, so <laughs> you done had three signs. Three. The first was the cross. Cross. The ring. The ring. The dream. The dream. So then, <laughs> we got an amen corner in, in the studio. <laughs> so you have, you had those three things that happened. Yes. So that, so that's going to lead me to my next question, actually. Yeah. The inspiration. What actually inspired you to even start this career? Because So I was working corporate for the past 20 years. So went to college, graduated, um, got married, like I said earlier. And then I was like in a world of finance. I hated it. I worked for banks. I worked for Bank of America. I've worked for corporate. I worked for commercial real estate companies and brokerage firms. And I was in real estate for the past 20 years. And it just did not give me joy. Mm. And what I realized while I was in those positions that it was not for me, but I wasn't ready to take that leap of faith and do it. Right. So I had to actually get fired. To start your dream. <laughs> to start my dream. And initially when I was at that company that gave me the money, I thought that that was my forever job or career. But what I realized was that I had reached a glass ceiling. Right. And it wasn't for me. But I didn't see that in that moment or in that season. Like, I had to go through the things that I went through to get where I am today. So that happened. And then I left that corporate job. Or actually, they laid me off during COVID. COVID happened. And I got laid off. But it was the perfect time to start a business. Oh, yeah. COVID, they oh, were yeah. paying. Oh, they were giving everybody money. <laughs> left and right. You get a check. You get a check. You get a check. Right. So I had enough to comfortably live, and that's what funded the business. So in 2018, I started Wise Events. 
not knowing where I was going to go with it. And then once I started and COVID happened, it was the perfect opportunity to build. So let me ask you that. Business. So so now you say you started the, the company. So th what is it, a friend that you did your first event for? Was it a... So my first event actually from that same company was my boss. Wow. I did his wedding. But how did he know, though? How did he know? Because I told him. I told him what okay. my dreams were. So I was preaching the gospel. Oh. I was telling people, like, this is what I want to do. But I didn't really know because I was, again, corporate lifestyle, nine to five. This is what I was accustomed to. This is what I was used to doing. Right. And then I was like, okay, my mom's confirmed. Basically, this is something that I need to do. And then I just started taking those necessary steps to figure it all out. And then I did events. I hated it. I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. And then I was like, you know what? I kind of want to get into weddings and see what that's about. Right. I mean, I knew I wouldn't find my mom's wedding ring for no reason. And that's how I kind of got into weddings. I, I found a mentor. I started training under my mentor. Mm -hmm. I started doing more more and more events and weddings. And then that's how I kind of transitioned into weddings. So, so let me ask you this. Because I have a lot of questions about that. And a lot of women that's going to be watching this going to have a lot of questions. Yes. As a, as a woman of color. Yes. Right? In a big city, a very diverse city, right? Uh, we are known when we start businesses. We are known as a black business. Yes. Right. We only do black. We, well, we do business with everybody, but majority of our clients are, are black, black mm -hmm. right? So, what did did you run into that when you first started your business? They thought you was a black wedding planner. They did. Okay. They thought I was a black wedding planner, and a lot of black wedding planners in Houston, they deal with those same issues of booking other couples than black couples. Right. Um, but what I realized was that I wasn't just about black couples because Houston is such a, a melting pot of all different types of cultures and religions and things like that. I was finding myself um, surrounded by women of all different types of shades and colors. And so for me, it wasn't a hard thing to book other than black. So I was still able to book Spanish weddings, white weddings and things like that. But the struggle was being a black woman in a white industry. It was hard for mm -hmm. me um, because there there were many of us. Yes. But the hardest part was our competition, which were white women. Right. Um, so the struggle was trying to figure out what they were doing, what I was doing, and that part was hard. It was a challenge in the beginning. Y'all want to talk about the education. So how did you, first of all, how did you even get the education to do it? I know you said you had a mentor. I did. But at the same time, you still got to get education on one of the demographics of the area. Yeah. Even though you lived in Houston, but right. the demographics of what people like. Yeah. What type of weddings. Like say somebody wanted, like you guys was in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. They wanted a Spaniard wedding. They wanted yeah. a a Grecian wedding they wanted like how did you get the education on wedding planning so the education came from my mentor yes okay um, I did learn a lot about multicultural weddings I learned a lot about different races I learned a lot about culture mm -hmm. um, but I did have to dive like a little bit deeper into culture because every culture is different Very. like a Nigerian wedding is different from an African-American wedding to a Spanish wedding to the cultures the traditions and so I had to um, learn the traditions of every single wedding which is different and unique in its own way right. because 
it all goes back to family history and things that they grew up on and cultures and things like that, which was fun for me. I love that. I love culture. I love diversity. I love religion. I love all of that. So I had to learn all of that first to kind of figure it all out and mm-hmm. then kind of create something from that. That's, that's dope because mm-hmm. I'm looking at it because, you know, in, in a city like Houston, right. you know, you might go to, uh, what is that, Bissonette, you got Chinatown, yes. then you come up a little further, it's Nigerian <laughs> town, then you got the Indians in Sugar Land, yes. then you come up, you got the Trump supporters. Then, yeah, you, you right. got everybody, right? Right, and I grew up in A-Leaf, so we had a little bit of everything. But A-Leaf was the hood, though. You know what I'm that was the yeah, hood. back then, though, it wasn't hood <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> so let me ask you this. In the wedding industry, what sets the wedding industry planning what sets it up? What actually not sets it up? What makes it different than any other industry, like 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 an event planner industry mm-hmm. or like a uh, a flower industry? Right. What makes the wedding planner industry different? What makes it different? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Actually, I got to think about this. You I did my research. Me a hey, <laughs> we'll come back to that. Then we'll come back. Don't worry about that. We'll come back to that. So let me ask you this. I want to talk about Bridezilla. Yes. We now yes, look. Yeah, shout out to the Bridezillas, you know what I'm saying? All right. Bridezillas, Bridezillas. Yes. So let's talk about that because now I, the only weddings I go to are the ones I'm invited to. Yes. Right? But as I watch these shows on TV and I see people getting married and they post it on social media, like you said, their moms mm-hmm. or their dads, mm-hmm. the actual bride, yeah. even the husband sometimes yeah. are like extra. Yeah, extra. Like extra. So how does a person like you like handle that at the same time trying to get them to cross over the broom? Oh, wow. It's a lot. One. Two, we have to be very patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, we have to communicate with everybody. So we can't be shy, timid, stressed, look stressed, because that will come across as not a strong person to the bride or the bride's family or the bridal party. Mm -hmm. So we honestly have to take it with joy and just keep going and keep going with the day. But for the most part, when we deal with bridezillas, we've had that happen plenty of times, especially in the very beginning. Now I know like, okay, these are the questions I ask in the interview process. Okay. Because not only are they interviewing us, we're interviewing them Them. too as clients. And so we want to make sure we bring on the right client um, that we can take on and they're good. They're good people. They have good energy. They, they're positive and the planning process can be stressful, but at the same time, we know like character. We know when we interview a client who they are going to be, right. we know if they will be a bridezilla based off the questions that okay. we ask. So we do a very thorough background check. We do a very thorough questionnaire of just who they are, where they come from, what they like to do for fun. Okay. Um, but once we dive a little bit deeper and just kind of understand them as a person and what they're looking for, we can kind of understand like the package that's for them to kind of understand, okay, if they're for us. Right. And then that at that point, then we're kind of, okay, like, okay, can we handle them as a client or can we not? And if we can, we move forward. But if we don't, then we know that they're not a good fit for us. Gotcha. But yeah, it's, a lot. So we know how to deal with different personalities. So we're learning about personalities and people, yes. right? Because it's, it's, it's psychology. It's psychology yeah. at the end of the day. And so we have to know that person and then be relatable mm-hmm. because 
they're with us the whole 100% of the time planning their wedding. I mean, this is their dream. This is something that they've dreamed of as it a child. It has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. Perfect, yeah. And so, yeah, we're like, okay, let me know, deal with this person. So we're on their level with mm -hmm. as far as how they're, they are as a person, but also like, hey, speaking truth, being transparent. Yeah. And so on wedding day, we don't have those bridezilla issues. But prior to when I first started, I had a lot of bridezillas because I didn't know how to handle, handle it, yeah. or deal with so them. So you're a pro now. I'm a pro. You're a pro now. now. I know. I, I got you. Zilla. I got okay. you. So now look, I want to ask you this. Handle. I want to ask you this though, because you know, like in in life, we have everything. It's always an opposite or a polar opposite, right? Mm -hmm. In football, you have a a team. You have an opposing team, right? Right. In in life, you have she got that hairstyle. This person got this hairstyle. You know where I'm going with this question, right? Right. You have other now. I know they have other wedding planners in the city that's hating. Right. Hating. Hating, like hating, like, <laughs> why are you going to go with her? Yeah. Right? So yeah. how does how does a person do, especially if they, you know, we're not going to make this a racial thing, but right. but it happens. It happens. It happens, right? It they does. might reach out to them on, the, yeah. on social media and be like, don't go with her. Right. Because I yeah. heard X, Y, yeah. and Z. Yeah. So how does a, a person handle that? So I've actually had that happen. I've had black couples go to white planners okay. because they're white planners and they think that they could get the job done, whereas our black planners here in Houston – We've had to work harder and smarter, yes, but I feel like we have a crutch because these white planners, they're, they're just doing it. All. They see it in magazines. They see it everywhere. Like, okay, I should hire a white planner because I know she's going to make my wedding a drink. Mm. But that's not true. You have black planners that, like us or me who actually work really hard and care about our clients. We're very personable with our clients. And so I love the we're marketing. different. I love the marketing. We're different. We're different. <laughs> yes. And so it's like, well, why would you not pick me over them? Because I'm just like them. And my pricing is higher than them. So I'm not understanding we're going you're there not next. seeing value. We're going there next. Right. Okay. I, I got you. Okay. So, um, yeah, they, I mean, our competition is our competition. But at the end of the day, everybody offers something different. And so for me, I always tell my clients, hey, listen, I'm not your average planner. I'm not your average wedding planner. And you're going to be with me the whole planning process. Like, we're going to become best friends. Like, we're going to know each other in and out. I I'm going to know what your favorite restaurant is. Mm -hmm. I'm going to know what you love to do for fun. I'm going to know where you are for the weekend because we have that type of relationship. So it's very personable. We get to know them on a very, very personable level so that – they are not only transparent with us, but we understand them as a client. And so on wedding day, we're able to kind of deliver and execute. Got you. that's everything that they ever dreamed of. So we have to give them that vision. And we have to be able to execute that and it be as seamless and streamlined as possible on wedding day. So they trust us. So in order for them to trust us, we have to become close to them. We right. have to be a friend. We have to be a best friend. Family member at that family. moment. Family. Yeah. Oh, and we're for family. For that four-month four stretch, six-month oh, yeah. stretch, yeah. And we're always family. Even past After the wedding, wedding day, yeah. we're friends. Right. You know, now we're like best friends and we're friends. And I have a lot of couples that we've remained friends over the years because of that. So let me ask you this. The very important question, you know, everybody going <laughs> to ask. It's like, okay, well, she has all the right answers. She's doing the marketing. She's a pretty girl, you know. They want to know the price. The price. Don't give don't give them the actual price because they yeah. gotta they gotta come to you for the consulting side of it. Right. But for its pricing, mm -hmm. give me a range. 
it just depends on like what their budget is one um our range is typically between 10 and 15 percent of their actual wedding budget so let's if they spend a hundred thousand off the bat we're charging 10 grand um and that's because of the level of logistics that's involved in a wedding there's so many moving parts that people don't see behind the scenes mm-hmm. to make anything come together or to produce any type of event and depending on if they have an artist, depending on if there's a whole production, depending on the level of design, um, there's multiple people that's involved in that. And okay. so we have to be able to manage that for the day. So I'm bringing in not just me, but a whole team. So if it's 100 or 200 guests, I have to bring five to six people for that wedding day and we right. have to be compensated for that. So we are compensated for that. And so those are things that we kind of charge on the front end. But it's all based off of budget, bridal party, where they're getting married, location, Mm -hmm. all of that. And so we play all of that into factor when we're deciding on the price point for that couple. So let me ask you this. And this is going to be my last question. (laughs) Your most memorable moment. Yes. That's the first question. It's a two-part question, A and B. Your most memorable moment. Mm. And your most memorable wedding? Most memorable. Oof, these are good questions. I'm not saying the other weddings wasn't memorable. <laughs> I get it. I understand. <laughs> I get it. I'm saying the thing that sticks out of your mind. I'm, it yes. doesn't have to be the size or yeah, the yeah, price. Yeah. It just no. it could be. So my, yeah. of course, my most memorable wedding is my first wedding. Okay. Um, and I say that because I was just trying to figure it out. I was just trying to figure out if this was something I really wanted to do, which happened to be my ex boss and um he was a good client like they were very very well off and um, they lived in bel-air they had the most beautiful home Um, but what i learned from that was that not every client is your client and it kind of taught me a lot about people personalities and how to deal with certain people Um, and i know that even going in they weren't for each other and that Mm. taught me that every client is not for me because every client is not a love story and what I found was that, of course, within six months of their actual wedding, they had a beautiful wedding. They got married at Brenner's on the Value. It was very nice, like very beautiful. It was divorced in six months. They were divorced in six months. It happens like that all the time. And I was like, oh, was that my fault or what? <laughs> you know, because I was a part of everything. And I saw everything. I saw everything behind closed doors. You know, as planners, you kind of see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. And I saw all of it. And I was just like, oh, my God, they're not going to last. And I knew that going in that they were not going to last because I could just see straight through them. I could see the issues that they were dealing with. Mm -hmm. They were also going through counseling, which I 100% always recommend for every couple to go to counseling. I got a business plan. Marriage counseling. I got a business plan for you. You ready for it? On on camera. (laughs) Y'all better not take this plan, all right? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say off camera. Y'all ain't taking my business plan (laughs) by doing that. But, But so your most memorable wedding. That was one of them. Oh, it was that one. So that's the most memorable most moment. Most memorable moment. But most memorable wedding was actually a couple years ago. Um, and it was actually one of my business partners who we partnered together with Brown Girl Society. And Shout um, out to Brown Girl Society. Hey. Woo! Y'all can't see them in the building in the background. You know, they over there taking a couple of spirits and indulging over there so it's okay so we met through a different organization but i used to go to the gym at lifetime a lot and there was this girl that i followed on social media oh i didn't even follow her i was like i want her to be my bride 
And um, I was like, she's so beautiful. She went to Howard. She did a photo shoot up in D.C. It was just so nice. And um, I was like, I want her to be my bride. So I spoke it into existence. And little did I know, she was going to my gym. She mm. was my trainer in class. And she did our cycling class. And I was like, oh, my God, that's her. That's her. But what I didn't realize was that my colleague, um, Marquita, was her best friend. Mm. And she was her maid of honor. Six degrees separation. Six degrees of separation. Didn't wow. know it. And we would go to class together, but I didn't know that they were connected until I went to class. And she was like, I had this friend who's getting married. I don't I don't know if you know her, but she works out here at this gym, and she's looking for a wedding planner. Would you be interested? And I was like, yes, of course, but not connecting the dots. Right, not knowing it was her. It was her until I went to the class. And I took another one of my brides with me to class because we became friends right after the wedding, and we went to class together. Mm-hmm. She was my teacher and mm. i was like oh wait a minute okay the dots are connecting and so that's how i kind of remember that wedding from the very beginning like she was supposed to be my client and wow. i saw it and wow. i spoke it into existence and she became my client and it was the most beautiful wedding i've ever been to in my whole life so she's half indian and black it was a multicultural wedding oh, that wedding was uh, five hundred thousand dollars i already know that <laughs> you gotta tell me the price i already know it was so beautiful. Like they had the most beautiful Bollywood. wedding. Went to had a, had it at the church. They did a Catholic wedding, a ceremony, and then after we went to this venue called Lakeside Country Club, a country club, and it was a golf course. Oh yeah, it was on acres of land. It was so beautiful. That wouldn't change me. <laughs> Ladies, if you wanna, I'm not gonna say it on camera. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. So look. Man, look, I was thinking about that. Man, that's you know, that's awesome though how how you could make things come into fruition like that. Mm-hmm. So while you're here, this is what we got to do on the show before right. you get out of here, right? Before you give your social media information. <laughs> Since you like speak things into existence, you dream things. You need to yes. dream about the coast distinct. We need to get a we the need to get a, pro- a, a a prophecy up here. Yes, we're all What for we got? It. What we got? Quick. What we got? Quick. What what we quick. Got? Well, I was there from the very beginning yeah, when I you know, first right? started yeah, Culturally Distinct. Yeah. I was there when, and watched you grow overnight. So yeah. I know that there is a lot of success. Hey, y'all heard that, huh? Y'all hear that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing all the couples. Yeah. We're bringing everybody here. Urban everybody. social, yeah. Name right. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, look, Monique, before we get out of here, give the people your social media. Where can they find your websites? places like that or if they want some type of consultation everything how can they get in contact yeah. with you so our social media handle on all platforms is a wise event that's a w i s e event e v e n t and then our website is www.wise-event.com so you can follow us there you can inquire there you can schedule a consultation to meet with us we are located in downtown houston and um, at that point once you schedule a consultation we'll meet with you get to know you a little bit more and then kind of go from there to see if you're a good fit with us hey there you have it and look i'm gonna tell y'all and y'all might be look y'all might think i'm playing but y'all could go to a website Monique has a wedding probably planned up with until what <laughs> next December or something like that. See what I'm saying? So so <laughs> if you want to get in, you better get in. And I'm not joking. You go to the website and go check her out. Uh, guys, man, look, it's been a beautiful show. Man, I, I love uh, praising and supporting black businesses. Not just black businesses, but businesses yeah. that are flourishing and helping our community yeah. and friends from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I love it. Yes, we love it. 
we love it, man. So, Monique, look, before we get out here, one more time, social media information. <laughs> A-Y-S-E-V-A-W-I-S-E-V-E-V-E-N-T. There it is. Make sure y'all go hit her up. If you get married in 2025, 2026, make sure y'all hit her up. <laughs> y'all already know where we are. Coastly Distinct Podcast, what it is. Shout out to 605. Shout out to Red Core Universe. I appreciate you guys. Make sure you hit me up. If you have any questions, any demands, any concerns, any comments, you know why I am at Coastly Distinct. Hey, you know what? I ain't gonna say that on camera. I had something in my mind I wanted to say. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be appropriate. Nah, I can't you say it. I can't say it. Nah, I ain't gonna do that. But y'all look, y'all enjoy y'all rest of y'all week, man. Look, if y'all have any questions, make sure y'all hit Monique up, hit me up. If y'all need to get in contact with Monique, I have a contact information. I'm gonna get with her. So uh, that's what it is. But I appreciate you guys, man. Look, word of the day is, man, I love you guys, and you can't do nothing about it. Peace out. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>